BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy... Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. So excited to announce that it is Friday and that we have so much weekend ahead of us and it's all right in front of us, you guys. So breathe it in, breathe it on in. it, vibe it. We've been waiting all day for Friday night. Hey. So exciting that it's Friday. <sighs> so exciting to have another episode of The Toast, another beautiful snow day. It started snowing on our way in. So hopefully, again, the snow is falling in the background. I know a lot of you love that vibe yesterday. Walking in a winter, winter wonderland. Um, how was your day? My day was good. I'm wearing new Redheads merch. So I just want to say like a little backstory about this sweater because Please. I haven't had a chance to wear it yet, which is such a shame. Because when it's we a Shonda. it's a Shonda because when we started the Redheads and we made the logo, I have been dreaming of this cream sweater mm-hmm. for a year. Like I just thought the logo on a creamy vibe was just going to be the cutest sweater. And it is. And I just hadn't had a chance you to wear so it cute. for a number of different reasons. And I just love this sweater so much. Shopmorningtoast.com. It is still available. And I think it's like my favorite sweater in my entire closet. Wow. Those and are no, powerful words. No shade to the maroon one. Of course not. No, and no shade to, to bone how you, how you dern. But this sweater just. It's a passion. It's a year in the making. It's also a, it's a, a physical, tangible expression of your passion. 100%. And that's, Jackie, that's beautiful. Thank you, Claudia. Also, the craziest thing happened to me this morning. And I feel like, I, I obviously need to tell you. And I feel like you're going to realize that it's so crazy. Okay, go This morning, I had the same Uber driver that I had (gasps) yesterday. And yesterday when I had him, he he like has picked me up before. And that's something that started to happen to me. I've been having just like the same Uber drivers because my morning routine is like in line with their morning routine. But then, and we were chatting yesterday about how it was funny that... um, He's picked you up. He's picked me up. And I even got his... um, card for private driving yeah. just in case I, you know I ever Smart. need a ride and then this morning he picked me up again that's and fucking then, weird I know and we were laughing he was like it's because we're the only two people working no literally and literally. like the city's so it used to be the biggest city now it's so small it is so small and that's over the last six months I have had like the same uber driver a number of times like different of the same like a lot yeah. of different uber drivers but to have back to back is really crazy well I think it it's crazy, and it's a, it's crazy in an Uber. But I think to have the same yellow cab w- twice is insanity, and it's happened to me once. Really? And did the driver remember you? Yes, but it's because like my drive with him the first time was so memorable. And how long apart were the two drives? In the same year. Wow. Because I we used to take the subway to school, but like when we were running late, like we would take a cab. And I remember one morning I was running really, really late. It was, you had already, you and Olivia had already graduated and Margo wasn't in high school yet. So I was traveling alone. We used to travel together. And I had like a really traumatic experience on this cab drive up to school because um, I forgot my credit card. And I was like freaking out. And when when he pulled up to school, I'm like, oh my God, I forgot my credit card. I'm like, let me just run in. Like I could borrow money from one of my friends and whatever. Instead of letting me out, the cab driver locked the doors and made a U-turn on Park Avenue. And I was literally 15 years old and I was hysterically crying in the back of the car. Do you not know the story? No. I was hysterically crying in the back of the cab, like freaking out. And then I realized he was taking me back to where he picked me up, to, I guess, to go get my credit card. But like the whole locking of, and I, I just didn't know what was going on. It was so scary. So when I finally arrived at school, I was like traumatized. They were about to write me a late notice. And I'm like, Miss Malamy, like I literally was just abducted. Like I was hysterically crying. I had to talk to the psychologist. Whatever. So that afternoon, I was like, fuck this, I'm taking a cab home. And I took a cab home and I just really like vented to the cab driver about my really traumatic experience. And he was so kind. And then like a year later, he was like, he picked me up from school again, same block. And he was like, 
I think I picked you up before. Like, were you the girl crying? And I'm like, okay, yeah. So it was the second cab driver. Yes, not, not the, the first. first one twice. Wow, that is a really crazy story. I know. I was shaking in the back of this cab, like so afraid. But like, that's just living in New York, you know, getting abducted on your way to school. Yes, that, that is. That really is it. That's was, New York. I was never really in any harm. No, but you but just was, didn't know what was like where you were going. And he wouldn't tell me. I'm like, where are you taking me? I was so afraid. You know, like those moments in life where like it becomes really real that like you could die. Yeah. Like sometimes on a plane that happens, it like you get this huge lump in your throat. Of course. And I realized like in times of trouble, some people like are heroes and some people are just stagnant and I'm stagnant. I couldn't move. <laughs> like I was frozen. Yeah. Well, at least you know that about yourself. Now. Yeah. No, it was actually an important <laughs> lesson to learn at a young age. <laughs> and now like every time I'm in like one of those situations, I'm like, I'm going to be that girl. I always like to think like if I was on the subway and there was like something happening, like I would be the hero, you know, but now I you- probably wouldn't. Yeah. It's nice. That's an interesting thing to think about. Everyone thinks they'll be a hero, you know, but then it's like when push comes to shove, your body just freezes in those moments. You know, it reminds me of a quote from a book, The Nightingale. I'm going to botch it, but it's along the lines of, in love, you find out who you want to be. In war, you find out who you are. Yeah, because in war, I'm a big big pussy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big one. Really, really scared of everything. Um, wow. We have an amazing show. We do. And also, yesterday, we interviewed Norma Kamali, fashion designer, icon queen, and now author. We were talking all about her book and all of her life lessons. Right. And first of all, the concept of her book was so interesting. Like, it's she's in her 70s now, and she was like, here's everything you learn in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, your 70s. And I feel like she gave some really good advice to us and to our listeners. She really, really did. I felt very inspired after talking to her. Also, I was like all dressed up for the interview. My blazer yesterday was, was Norma, Norma Kamali. Kamali. I'm just a huge fan of her designs and so it was really exciting to talk to her but also I felt very inspired after speaking with her and I feel like the toasters will feel the same way by the way me too because I am now inspired like during COVID but especially after COVID to just like live my life to the fullest like jump off a cliff and she was like you guys have to she's talking to like us and our you know generation generation like we have to make up for last year that's not how I was looking at it before we spoke to her I was like you know what this year is a wash like we'll carry on when it's over but no like we have to double down on living as she said when we can and and those weren't my plans before no me neither but the more she said it I'm like you're right like we've been robbed of a really important year for us yeah and you can't just let it go on that way. Like, you have to make up for it. Like, I want to be exhausted by the end of this year. Right. So, I think them some good lessons. Yeah, no, I'm actually already planning trips. I just want to warn everyone, like, the toast will be very spotty when things come back because I already have a trip planned in June. Mm-hmm. And who knows where else, you know, I'm going to go for the rest of the year. I just, like, have plans. No, I think that's so great. But also what this year has shown us is that we really can do the show virtually. Yes. Like, remember when you were on tour and every time it was a struggle either to no, find a co-host? Us, we were like, what, what's going to be of the show? Yeah, but either I had to find a co-host or we did a few times, like, where I would FaceTime you and record your yeah. audio. Like, so crazy. But now we really can do it remotely. So I think that get, now that we know that, we can enjoy... Mm-hmm. The fruits that of our option. country. Yeah. We were here when we needed to be. And then sayonara. Then um, so yes, we have that. And then we're also going to be recapping our Toast Movie of the Week, which was Cinderella, which I actually have a lot of thoughts on that mm-hmm. I didn't think that I would have. So that'll be in our TV recap segment. And then le- next week is our final, it's the final week of February, aka Black History Month. So we have one more movie we're going to watch. If you have any recommendations, feel free to send them to us because we have not chosen it yet. And we're going to be choosing it on Monday. Yes. Also, just like one update, personal update. Mm -hmm. Last night, I cooked um, a recipe from Ina Garten's cookbook. Not the Modern Comfort cookbook from her How Easy Is That cookbook. Someone gave it to me. And I made her lemon chicken. And it was so amazing. Really? So keto. I literally, like, it serves like four to six. There's two pieces left. Like, Zach loved it. I loved it. I ate so much of it. And it was like free keto food. Right. I was so pleased. And that was the first Ina recipe that I've cooked that I've really enjoyed. Right. Because you were turned on her. I was a little turned on her. I was like, maybe Ina and I have completely different palates. Right. And you know what? That's just a, a fact of life. Right. And I feel, I do think you need to find chefs who you agree with. Yeah. I think I agree with the pioneer woman. I've been following her on TikTok. And first of all, her lifestyle is just everything. Like, yeah. get you a girl who could do both. Like, you know, saddle the ranch and then, like, make you a linguine of clams. And she, like, loves her kids so much. She has, like, a bunch of daughters. And I just think, like, I want to be her when that's I grow up. That's a vibe. Up. Yeah, a lot of the toasters said, like, that's me when I grow up. Yeah, which and is, she, like, goals. She has a blog. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, so successful. She got her own Food Network show. And, like, now she lives on a ranch. And she just, like, does super well. I don't know where all this wealth comes from. Is it the blog? Is it Food Network? Is it family money? Like, what does her husband do? Like, I don't even care. I just, like, I'm living for the wealth. Yes. Goals. Goals. 
Goals, goals, goals. Um, so we have like decent stories today. I mean, we do. By the end of the week, it's Friday. Like all the good stories are gone, and we're just like here talking about random shit. But you know what? Those are the best episodes. Those are the best episodes. And, and, you know, there are some things to discuss today. So I think we need to get into the Fast Five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. I just realized I've been, like, hurtled over, like, my posture like a hermit. Okay. Let me just sit up straight. Because I want to put respect on the name of this brand. Mm. Today's episode is brought to you by the one and only... Bruce. Yes. That would have been embarrassing if I got it wrong. Brush is one of our favorite sponsors. We talk about them multiple times a week. It is the best electric toothbrush on the market. It is so elegant. It is so chic. And most of all, it works super well. And it's the most reasonably priced electric toothbrush I've ever seen. And it's so much prettier than the ones that cost over $200. I'm like, you cost over $200. You are ugly as hell. Yeah. The brush is so elegant. It comes in amazing colors. The brush itself works so well. And for an electric toothbrush, it is very reasonably priced. So the brush itself comes with six unique, unique cleaning modes to customize your brushing experience. The battery life lasts four weeks so if you're going on a trip you don't need to bring the charger unless you're going away for more than a month which jealous if you are um the magnetic charging stand is so elegant and it comes with a compact travel case they also have a subscription program so you never forget to change your brush head again they'll ship you a new replacement head every six months so you're never stuck with a worn down brush head which can lead to bad breath bad dental hygiene um and using an electric toothbrush is a sustainable way of the future it is much more environmentally friendly um, their designs are very sleek. They have a modern, aesthetically pleasing design, and it comes in trend-driven seasonal colors and looks great on your bathroom counter. So you could always be checking the website for the new seasonal colors, everything of the sort. I have the, like, millennial blush pink. Stunning. And I'm really happy with it because I have, like, rolled gold accents in my bathroom, and it's just, like, a very, um, like, Elle Woods vibe. You know what it matches? Your book. Oh my God, it does. Mm -hmm. Get 15% off your Bruch toothbrush kit and refill plan when you use the promo code toast at Bruch.com. That's 15% off using code toast at B-R-U-U-S-H.com. Promo code toast at Bruch.com. Love it. Sign on. Brush your teeth. I just wanted to point to my new phone case. It mm. is, oh, and my new manicure. It is the Hyadurn. This is the uh, hard case, right? Yeah. I love the hard case. Me it's too. like the one that has double protection because remember when I cracked my screen last year and then had a broken phone for six months, like with this double case? Oh, we're both using them. So that's the Redheads I phone case. This and this is the uh, Hyadurn Forest Green phone case. Also comes in white. But they are available at shopmorningtoast.com for any phone, Galaxy, iPhone, any size. So check it out. So beautiful. Yes. Yeah, any phone size. Yes. Okay. Are you That's ready like one for... of the things I pride myself on, like, about our business. Like, we literally have phone cases for any phone. Like, I think we literally even sell for flip phones. Yes, for sure. Are you ready for our stories? First story, yes. the big news of the day. Mr. Big will not be in the Sex and the City reboot. Page Six has learned that Chris Noth will not reprise, reprise his role. Chris Noth or Chris Noth? Well, it's probably Noth since I said Noth. I think I just say Noth. Okay. But I have no evidence evidentiary support page six has learned that chris will not reprise his role as the iconic mr big in the sex and the city reboot they're also told that david eigenberg who played miranda hobbs's love interest steve brady <gasps> won't be returning are either. you fucking serious but a rep told page six on thursday that the actor is in negotiations to appear in the series oh my god first of all okay there's so much to unpack here especially because i don't know if i've mentioned i've restarted rewatching. I'm on like season five already. I watch it every night. Ben loves it. And it's just like a great show. And it really is like a study for me of just this really interesting television show that is for some reason making a comeback when literally nobody wants to be a part of it. And the more I watch, the more I realize, okay, the show is literally carried by Samantha and Miranda. Charlotte too, but really Samantha and Miranda. Samantha's not going to be there. Love, love, love the episodes with Mr. Big. Like I actually sometimes skip relationships. Like I just skipped Burger because it's so painful. Mm -hmm. And so Big is one of my favorite relationships. So is Aiden. Big's not in it. Somebody on our Instagram left a comment. It's totally unfounded by evidentiary support. But they were like, there's been a rumor for a while that they're going to kill off Mr. Big, which is fucking crazy. But if you think about it, how can they not have him in it? What, Carrie no. gets divorced? Right. After everything we've been through in the last two movies, like they didn't end up together. That's such a good point. The only way out for him is to die. And Steve is literally my favorite character. He's right. so funny. And like, I'm just rewatching and with but, a new mature lens and knowing that we're getting the show back with literally the characters we didn't ask for, AKA Carrie. It's very upsetting. Yeah, I know. But you know what? These new, this news just makes me feel even better about my decision to not be watching. 
I was gonna watch, but now it's like it seems like Carrie, Sarah Jessica Parker, like wants to do it, and like they're just gonna do it because she wants to do it, even though all the other people have really moved on in their lives. Like right. at some point, like you just have to stop eating a dead horse. Right. And I don't think that the people involved in the show realize that Carrie is the worst part of the show. Like they think that she's a star as long as it's Carrie. Right. You as know, long it's Carrie's as SVP is there. Right. SVP. I said S- SJP. Oh, S- I thought you said SVP. No. Um. But that's not. No, the case. you're right. You're right. Like, they think that it's ca- obviously she's the protagonist. The show. If works she's on her, board, but that's not. It's nothing of the sort. Yeah, I actually really want to urge the creators to really reconsider this. Like, pl- you know, when you did the two movies, it was a bargain. But you know what? I actually really enjoyed them, even though they weren't great movies. But I do think, like at this point, you are going to put the legacy of the show in jeopardy and it's like really not worth it and I just I beg you to reconsider especially now knowing that so many people do not want to be a part of it Kim Cattrall Chris Noth Steve like are you fucking kidding me what is the show without Steve yeah and how would he not be in it tell me him and Miranda broke up again so we're just ruining all the happy endings that right. we've which is why I want to stay in where we're at. I don't want to know what happens after the second movie if this if these are the changes they're going to be making. Yeah, and especially with Steven and Miranda, I feel like to break them up is just like, it sends a bad message. Mm-hmm. Like, they were really, I think, of all the couples, the realest one. Like, they had the most real lives, you know? Yeah. They dealt with real issues. Like, Carrie is like, you know, she somehow never has to pay her bills and Big just, like, buys her an apartment. Like, that's not real life. Like, Miranda and Steve, like, that is a real relationship. And if they break up, like, I, I will actually be so annoyed. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know how many reboots need to fail before the people in charge realize that they are nothing of the sort. Yeah. But I do feel like this is something that's just going to have to play itself out. It's you know, a lesson you have to learn the hard way. Yeah. And it really makes me sad to think that we are living in like, you know, the, the peak of science and math and creativity. And like somehow Hollywood has all the money in the world and they just continue to remake things. And don't get me wrong. Some of the remakes are good, but it's like, can anyone have an original idea anymore? No, they really can't. Like, even, like, the shows that have gotten so popular, like Bridgerton, based off a book. Queen's Gambit, based off a book. Okay, but based off a book is fine by me. No, I'm Gossip just saying, Girl was based off a book. Uh, Sex and the City is based off oh, a book. That's true, but, like, Hollywood has not come up with something original. No, but they need to, like, keep basing things off of books. I think that's a really great road to go down. Because yeah. I read so many books, and I'm like, oh, this would make an amazing movie. But then they make the movie, and it's garbage. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, even though... And it's good. I like when they do things based off of movies. It's interesting to know that we're living at, like, you know, it's never been more technologically, creatively advanced, and Hollywood can't come up with their own original thought. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a movie or a reboot, a book or a reboot. Like, why don't you come try something new? Start from scratch. Yeah. But if, you know, all else fails, stick to the books. Yeah. I do often read. I mean, I can't believe they haven't made um, an Evelyn Hugo movie. Movie. Because it's like so good. They might. Yeah. It takes time, these things. I really enjoyed that book. Yes. But even like Game of Thrones book. Book. Yep. Mm -hmm. Twilight book. I mean. To All the Boys I Love book. Did you watch the third one? No, not yet. Um, I haven't really been watching. The Kissing Booth was a book too, but I cannot get into my whole spiel about The Kissing Booth. I no. don't have the time today. I'm tired. No, you can't. I haven't watched a lot of TV recently, but I think this weekend I'm, I'm going to pick back up Downton Abbey. Bruce and I started an episode yesterday, and that's his favorite show mm-hmm. of everything that I watch. So I just want to give him that. That's so funny. Theo's favorite show is Friends. Right. And that's so Theo. So Theo. Even though I haven't watched Friends in a few months, you know, I got to take breaks to keep it fresh. Yeah, I feel that. I had I took a really long break from Downton Abbey. I don't know. I just got busy. I feel that. But um, we're, I'm getting back in. It's just so good. Oh, and I have to catch up on RuPaul's Drag Race before tonight. I'm actually so excited. Ooh, that's exciting. Oh. Also, today is like the <clears throat> best day to just stay home yes. and watch the morning toast and all your shows. Not that you would make it a story because I know you don't watch. But so last season on RuPaul's Drag Race, there was a contestant whose name was Sherry Pie. And she was super talented. And she was never on the show. Like, she was there the whole time. We never got to hear her critiques. We never got testimonials from her. And it was like they literally cut her out of the show. And it turns out um, that after they filmed, but before the show aired, there was like 12 people who came forward with allegations of catfishing, sexual assault. And that's why they cut him out of the show. Then Tamron Hall announced last week that she was going to have him on her show. And there was so much backlash, like, you know, give your platform to the victims instead of the perpetrator but he went on she aired the interview it was like 15 minutes and it was really bizarre um but he just like came out and said like yeah I did all of that like I have BPD like 
he said I'm not blaming my mental illness but it was like a really weird interview but what I thought was most interesting was Cameron before the show did like a solo monologue addressing a lot of the backlash that she got and she was like I am a reporter I'm a journalist like I have interviewed rapists murderers you know her sister was murdered and she was like I would even interview the, the man who was accused of murdering my sister so I thought like her whole spiel like addressing the backlash was actually really um, an interesting take on it but it was like a crazy weird saga that I was a part of because I was watching last season that it now finally came to an end and it was it was a really bizarre interview well I didn't know that Tamron had him on but I do remember when everything went down as last season was airing yes crazy crazy okay next story some love is in the air news love is in the air every sound every sound what's that that's a song love is in the air you know that song keep going Look it up. Love is in the air. And I don't want to run around. That's a song. No, you're singing like the tune of a song. Yeah. But the love is in the air. I don't know. Well, it sounds like a good song. So if it doesn't exist, you should record it. it. No, it totally. I think it goes like this. Love is in the air. And while I wear, I want to run. You know, something like that. It's like from those movies. You know? Well, you know what the good news is? If it is a song, someone will like let you know what I you're know. trying to get out yeah just drop it in the comments love is in the air something like that okay michael b jordan says i love you to girlfriend Lori harvey in a sweet post of their night out oh that's cute i saw these pictures like stunning find me two better looking people no i know and also like their valentine's day was like the peak of romance everything of the sort so many flowers so everywhere you looked flowers 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 and on thursday the black panther actor shared some new photos of him and his girlfriend from their night out writing i love you baby in the caption so this is big news like because we reported a few weeks ago that they're together then they were literally on a ship yeah and now they're in love which is so special. Yeah. I mean, there are all these conspiracy theories that it's like a PR relationship, but I just refuse to believe it because this is just such a pairing, you know, Hollywood elite royalty, Mm -hmm. Lori Harvey, and, you know, heartbreaker man of everyone's dreams, Michael B. Jordan, that it just makes too much sense to be a setup. I I really believe that. I really believe it too. Where is this aquarium? Do you know? No idea. It was just such a beautiful evening. Yeah. And I'm so happy to see that they're in love. I hope that this relationship, like... I hope they're together Blossoms, forever. Blossoms, like all the flowers that they you brought. Know, like, yeah. just beautiful. I would love to, um, like, learn more about them. Like, I would, I know they would never, but, like, that's the type of couple I would watch a reality show on. Oh, my God, 100%. I just, I actually feel like the life of Lori Harvey is so interesting. Because, like, agree. Steve Harvey is so fucking rich. Like, you never met someone so rich in your life. And he just comes from this, like, and she comes from this, like, a royal Hollywood family. Mm-hmm. And I would just love to know more. Actually, I really feel like the Harveys... Would be good for a reality and show. And I don't think it's so out of the question. Like, it probably wouldn't happen, but it's not so far-fetched. It's not so far-fetched. I think now that Lori Harvey's dating Michael B. Jordan, like, she might have... Be, she might be beyond happen. it. But I think before that, they really have such an interesting life. Like, Marjorie's, like, a huge philanthropist. Steve doesn't stop working. Like, his radio show, his talk show, Family Feud, like, literally, Miss America. He's Ryan Seacrest on, like, ten times. And actually, and they have a lot of kids. So, I actually think that's a really great platform for them did you see the commercials for the new show for real hosted by Andy cohen it's like yes yeah that looks great yeah it does look good he it's basically like a docu-series where he is talking to reality stars and and sort of going i think i'm assuming each episode will be dedicated to a different reality show where he like gets all the behind the scenes oh i thought different reality star no, I think a show. Oh, interesting. And so he'll get and it's like, like the it's genesis like of all time, like yes. not just like this age we're no, living in. No, it's like from Survivor right. to Vanderpump Rules. Right. I thought it was such an interesting concept for a show. Maybe I only think that because I would literally like smell Andy Cohen's farts. Like I would do. Like I don't care. Um, but it, it did look really good. It and did, Andy's it, the perfect person for it. Yeah, it looks really good. So that's exciting. What's it called? Uh, for real. Yeah, for real. Speaking of love news. And reality shows. Mm -hmm. Dale Moss says he has a lot to smile about after reuniting with ex Claire Crawley. Uh, You guys, are Clarendale back together? Dale is all smiles after he was spotted (laughs) reuniting with ex-fiance Claire Crawley. Clarendale. That's so funny. (laughs) No, it reminds me of Frozen. Yeah, of course. 
The former Bachelorette contestant who announced his split from Claire last month shared a photo of himself on his Instagram story with the caption, a lot to smile about lately. Two days before his optimistic post, he and Claire hung out at Nakomo Sunset Hut Bar in Florida, according to photos obtained by TMZ. The pair spent time at the bar before heading out and walking down to the nearby waterfront, the outlet reported. Okay, this I did not see coming. And Me I neither. really think the only thing sadder than the way things happened is if they get back together. Yeah, to me, this is not tracking for what I had thought. So maybe I need to rejigger what I thought. Because what I thought was that, like Dale was like coerced into this relationship, like was really not into Claire and got out the second that he could. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, you don't go back to that person. No. So I'm confused now. I'm confused too. But I thought that, no, I think that like Dale... Obviously, things didn't play out the way he imagined, but I think that he had feelings for Claire and let's see where things go. But it felt like he was unfaithful to her and dishonest with her. And so, like, what is she doing with him once again? Oh, well, and then if that's the case. And there was a real estate agent who we never talked to. If that's the case, to. my respect for Claire. Right. All the way down. Right. Like, come on. I don't, yeah, so I, I do want happiness for her. And I, if this is it, I'll, the thing I'll is, respect it. But I just... I feel like it's just like she was disrespected. Right. I want happiness for her too. But at this point, like I really do not trust her judgment when it comes to relationships. Like that's mm -hmm. what I learned from her chaotic energy on her season. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's sad. That is, is sad. the truth. So, and, and that's what we do here. This is the morning truth. Yeah. And some of those truths are hard. They are. They're very hard. Very hard. Okay. Next story. A little royal news that I'm confused about. Okay. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle confirm they won't return to royal roles. The Queen says all are saddened. Like, is this one year ago? How is this new news? But it's everywhere. Well, Breaking news. Well, because Megxit was like supposed to be a temporary break. They're stepping back. That with the implication that you could step forward again. And now it's like, I, I think I, I assume that too. But this is like a full confirmation that it's like they're out for good. Okay. I thought Megxit was for good. I guess I did too, but maybe I don't know how you step out and step back in. Like how you do. Maybe all you just needed a break. Like I think maybe people thought that this was a break. Oh. But they're laying down roots in Calabasas and Netflix, like Disney Plus. They are so never going back. And I think they've gotten a taste for the civilian life, well, their version of civilian. And it's too delicious to pass up all the money. Yeah, it's not civilian. It's Hollywood royalty. They went but it's from still being civilian. Yeah. Like, you don't have royal duties to your country. No, of course not. But it's A-list. Like, yeah, civilian is... No, their version of civilian. Like, my version of civilian and Harry and Meghan's are just, like, kind of different. You know? Yeah. Not that different. <laughs> well, Meghan and Harry will officially not be returning to their royal roles. Buckingham Palace confirmed in a statement on Friday. As was speculated, the couple who left full-time royal work in March of last year will no longer keep their patronages, a.k.a. their royal involvement, with numerous UK charities. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex have confirmed to Her Majesty the Queen that they will not be returning as working members of the royal family. The statement continued from Buckingham Palace. Following the conversations with the Duke, the Queen has written confirming that stepping, that in stepping away from the work of the royal family, it is not possible to continue with the responsibilities and duties that come with a life of public service. I'm, th I'm sure they're like, oh no. Right. We have a question. I mean, I think colloquially, I think that's the word. Like, I will always refer to Prince Harry as Prince Harry because, like, his first name is Prince and his last name is Harry. Like, that's just how I it works. I was just going to say this, too. But I never really got into the habit of calling Meghan the Duchess of Sussex, right? Mm -hmm. um, so she'll just be Meghan Markle to me. But do they technically have the titles or I no? I think they are still the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. I don't think calling him Prince Harry makes any sense anymore. Okay, but, like, he's like, Prince Harry. Colloquially, yes, he's Prince Harry. He, that's how we so know him. So what do we call him? him Harry? Yeah, Harry and Meghan. Harry Windsor. Ha okay, Harry Windsor is just like never going to catch on for me. No, I mean, obviously, Harry like, and you Meghan. call him whatever you want, but like he, he's really not Prince Harry. No, but like is the media going to be referring to him as Prince Harry or I mean, Harry of Harry and Meghan? What does the headline say? Prince Harry. See? Right. Some things just don't go away. Trust me. It's like me. a nickname. What? It's like a nickname. Yeah, but there can really only be one Prince of America. Prince. Who's, who's that? Prince. Oh. The singer. Okay, I didn't know, like, I thought you might say, like, Joe Jonas. Like, Oh, of course. That's, <laughs> sorry, there can only be two princes. So I'm sorry, I fucked up. Joe Jonas and Prince. Yes. Um, no, this is, like, crazy, but it's also, like, we already knew that. Like, we've been expecting this. I never right. thought they would be going back. But I guess in terms of, like, the way that the crown has to release information, like, this was the next step. Like, I'm sure they knew a year ago. They said, okay, you'll leave, and then we'll release another statement in 2021. Yeah, saying we'll break it up. Back. Yeah. Make it, like, less of a scandal, even though what when it all happened last year, it couldn't have been bigger news. Right. 
Are you ready for our fifth and final story because my iPad is dying? Oh shit, yeah. But also I can't believe Megs it was only a year ago. Like I know. Truly, six lifetimes ago, we were in the old studio. Sorry. I know. Go finish your iPad. Demi Lovato has brain damage after suffering Ooh. three strokes and a heart attack following her 2018 overdose. Demi Lovato is telling it all. On Wednesday, YouTube premiered the trailer for Demi Lovato Dancing with the Devil, a documentary series about her near-fatal 2018 drug overdose and the effects it had on Lovato's life. The trailer gives the first look into what the 28-year-old songstress faced after being hospitalized. She also reveals that she had three strokes and a heart attack in the hospital. Damn. Damn. Um, I watched the trailer. It was like three minutes. It actually looked very titillating. Yeah, I saw the beginning where she was like, I'll just say everything and if we want to cut it out. Yeah. Which I, and it seems like they didn't cut anything out. Right, because they left that in. Right. I love the title, Dancing with the Devil. Me too. And I love her sister who played Juanita on Desperate Housewives love. and she's in it. Oh. Um, so that's why I'll be watching. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's, I've always said this about Demi Lovato. I think like the way that she has a lot of young fans, but like is always really open and transparent about her struggles with addiction and substance abuse is super, super admirable. And it seems like in this documentary, it's no different. Like she's going really deep. Yeah. And we all, we all knew, you know, we were here when it happened. We knew the information that we were given. I had no idea that it was this bad, that it was like near death. Yeah. And that like she's still suffering, you know, from the complications of yes. the incident. I agree. I appreciate that she's always so honest with her fans. I think that's something. It's that, one of the best things about her. It's one of the best things about her and something that we get really frustrated with other people yep. about. Like that they say one thing and do another. Yep. And I always appreciate her honesty. She's released documentaries in the, I think in the last 10 years there's been two other ones and then in each documentary she's like oh well in the last one it wasn't totally true true because of this and that she said that in the last one about the one before it yeah and I mean she can release whatever she wants and she is always like being honest in the moment but I it is frustrating to like know that like she she could come on this <laughs> documentary and be like well I was lying in the last one right it does yeah but that's but that honestly I feel like even though it's frustrating as a viewer, I feel like that's honestly parallel to what it's like to like know someone or live with someone who struggles with addiction. Yeah. But I agree. It's, it also is a lot. She's been through so much. It's a lot of documentaries, three documentaries for someone who's, I don't even think she's 30 yet. I imagine documentaries are so like emotional painful. and painful and you just like excavate everything about yourself. Yeah. But I, maybe they're also therapeutic. I yeah. Actually, I could see them being both. That is therapy, you know? Yeah. But also like for me, I would like not want to sit down and watch what all, all these other people had to say about me. Like, oh, that's how you feel? Cool. Yeah. And then you have to like, just go, go back now. to being like friends with them. Yeah. Like, and it's like, even though I know what you said about me in your documentary. Yeah. That's an interesting process. Yeah. I actually love celebrity documentaries. I feel like we talk about this a lot. Some of my favorites are Gaga 5 foot 2. Um, what are the other ones that I liked? I could pull some up. Yeah. I feel like we've done this before. But I just always remember. Oh, no. That's still Lady Gaga 5 foot 2. Um, <laughs> I actually really, really just like that one. It's on Netflix. And it's like leading up to her performance at the Super Bowl, which was just like, you know, a huge mental, physical, um, emotional journey for her. Totally. So here are some that I know that you watched. Miss Americana. Of course. Loved it so much. Sorry. I cannot believe I just forgot it. I apologize to the Swifties. Loved it so much because it was a documentary with a purpose. Yes. Amy, did you watch that one? No. I started it on a plane once. I couldn't get into it. I watched it. It was really sad. Katy Perry, remember when she had a documentary? And she was getting divorced. Okay, that is part of me, right? Yes. Is such a good documentary. And mm-hmm. you know what? It aired in theaters. Yes, it did. I saw it in theaters. Me too. One Direction. Of course. I've so actually cute. watched it recently. So cute. Uh, Gaga, Five Foot Two. Unbelievable. Justin Bieber, Never Say Never. Did you watch that one? No, but that was also a half concert. Yeah. So was actually like, the One Direction and the Katy Perry were half concert, half documentary. Yes. I'm trying. There's, oh, Joan Rivers' piece of work. Oh. Iconic. The best piece of work ever. I actually own it on YouTube. I don't know where else you can watch it, but I highly recommend you buying it because I feel like it's going to be gone soon. It is so delicious. If you ever want to understand like why we have such an appreciation for Joan's comedy, her work ethic, her legacy... That's your homework this weekend. Watch Joan Rivers' piece of work. You will laugh and you will cry. And it also chronicles around the same time where she's on Celebrity Apprentice Mm -hmm. and she, spoiler alert, wins. And it's just such, there's so much happening. It's so good. Yeah. Also, some other ones that we haven't watched but that look really good. Whitney, uh, talking about Whitney Houston. Um, Hold on. 
There's so many. I mean, Michael Jackson, This Is It, was a really big one. Also, I watched I, when another, we watched, I watched um, a different Michael Jackson documentary that I actually found more interesting. Yes, me as well. Uh, we watched the Paris Hilton documentary. Oh, loved that. Yes. You know who just put out a documentary too and I haven't heard anything was Ariana Grande, her yeah. sweetener tour. But then... Oh, on Netflix, right? Yeah, which I haven't heard anything about. But then remember when we watched Dangerous Woman? It was like the YouTube one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was pretty good. Oh, also Seasons, Justin Bieber was good. YouTube does really good. YouTube does Demi, does Paris. They do good documentaries. I never watched Seasons, but I heard it was really good. It was. I watched the episodes about the wedding because yeah. they were like so stunning. Yeah. I feel like there are so many more, but that was just the list I saw. Yeah, if you're a celebrity, like keep releasing documentaries. Oh, one that I actually really did documentaries not like. Documentaries or memoirs. Like they, I think they both accomplish the same thing. One that I really, really, really didn't like that will like really piss off a Stanhood, but I'm like feeling like starting drama today. Sean Mendez is wonder. First of all, like the home stuff, I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. Like we get it, you're humble. Like what else is there? Like it was just like I love to hang out with my friends from high school. Like okay, what else? Like we get it. Yeah, you're same. modest. You're ground to earth. Like down to earth. Can you do something else now? Um, and then the concert, I actually realized uh, I don't know any Sean Mendez songs. Like I know like the five that are on the radio, but like I don't know any from his album. Like I know, okay, the, the you know the early ones, Stitches. Okay. Um, the big party one. Like something big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that is like a song he doesn't stand by, but that's like his first song after mine. And I thought that was an amazing song. Okay. Something big, I feel it happening. Yeah. Okay. So in the blood, no. In my blood. Yeah. Stitches. Um it's something big. That doesn't count. Okay. Um oh I know. I Lost can't wait one song that's not about you. Yeah. If Lost I can't, in Japan. That's can't have you. Lost in Japan. That's four. Uh, Wonder, such a fucking good song. Wonder, such a good fucking song. Uh, hold on. Let me just go to my Spotify saved songs. So it was like a 45 minute concert. And I'm like, what are these songs? I've never heard them before. Yeah. Um, but he is so handsome. Like that. Oh, he has a song on the wait. Descendants soundtrack. Hmm. I was just about to say, what are we calling? We're not calling those shirts white tank tops that boys wear. We're oh. not, I can't believe, by the way, forever that they were called those. Yeah. Let what me are they called? Google. White tank top, I guess. Yeah. Like a Hanes a undershirt. Hanes. Yeah, that's lined. Yeah. Um. Oh my God. You know what? I just realized, like, for most of my life, they've been regarded as. You can just. The, I'm not saying it. You can say it so people know what you're talking about. W I F E B E A. Yeah. Okay. Here's it. Um, e R. What are we calling them? Yeah, here, someone else who, has this question. And who the fuck made up that name? Is there a more appropriate term I can use in place of the W yes. word here in the U.S.? Um, here are some. Tang top, singlets, but that's an Australian term. A sleeveless shirt or an undershirt. Undershirt, But yeah. undershirts can also be t-shirts. t-shirts like with sleeves. A sleeveless undershirt. So it's a tank top undershirt. Yeah, a sleeveless We just need undershirt. to come up with a word so that we know what we're referring Maybe to. Maybe we should come up with it. Okay, uh, tankini. Like a... A rib top. Yeah, it's ribs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. He was wearing it the whole time and it was so hot and that was a silver lining. But I actually really did not like the documentary. That was the uh, tangent. That Sorry. was the moral of the story. Yes. Okay. Um, Are you going to watch Demi's? Yeah, probably. Like if I get bored enough. Yeah, Even same. though I'm not like a huge Demi Lovato fan. Like I always support her and her music is like not my, It's fine. Um, but I like, I think she's a great role model. Yeah, so I, I watched like, really the last her. one and I was really moved by it. Me too. And um, she was just like open as fuck on I that. I know. Just like my content, like I would like to watch it. I just know that I'm not going to. Yeah. And you know what I was actually thinking about the other day? Did you ever watch Ben Platt's Netflix special? I feel like you didn't. No, I didn't. Isn't that crazy? Because like we're I know, such big fans. I was like so excited about it, but I honestly feel like emotionally I can't handle it. It's, re- it's actually really emotional. I just like, I can't go there. Did you see that... Um, video that went viral on TikTok of the couple at their wedding, a gay couple dancing to Ben Platt's um, Share Your Address. They made up like a choreographed dance. No, that's so cute, but I'm not, oh, I don't see so TikToks. Cute. Ben Platt put it on his Instagram. That's why I thought maybe oh, you would cute. see it. Send it to me next it's time. It's really cute. Cute. Um, okay, let's dive into our TV recap segment where we are recapping one movie every week for Toast Movie of the Week in honor of Black History Month. And this month, we ch- I mean this week, we chose Cinderella, Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella starring Brandy and Whitney Houston to celebrate, you know, more black representation in Disney movies because it makes a really big impact on young children. Yes. And I was really excited to watch it. And I think it's important for everyone to remember, like you have to set your expectations because it's made for TV. Yeah. And it was made... Early 2000s? Yeah, like probably 20 years ago. So the special effects, like with that, you know, pumpkin rolling down the hill, like making, like it was really, you know, it reminded me of paint on Windows 98. Like yeah. just really 
old school, but there was so much about the movie to love. And for me, like that was Whitney Houston. 100%. And my biggest critique of the movie is like, we didn't get enough Whitney Houston. Not enough Whitney. And I feel like this is, I guess, the issue just with Cinderella, the story is like, Fairy Godmother's only in one scene. So she could, they they really maxed out how much, she even followed her in the carriage. Yeah, yeah, like she was like, let me in. Like she she wanted in the movie as much as she could get. She showed up at the end of the night to to have a little girl chat powwow. Recap. And then she's saying the last song at the end. So they did as much with Whitney as they possibly could have. But it is a, like a fatal flaw of the movie that she's not in more scenes. Because I could have watched that impossible scene all night long. I was literally screaming at the top of my lungs. Impossible. 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 Like I was just living for it. And I just could have watched that whole, you know, pumpkin dress singing impossible. I could have watched that forever. Forever. And I was also really shocked at how star of the movie was. Queen and King, Whoopi Goldberg, and Victor, Gar- Victor, Victor Garber. Garber. Um, iconic couple. On point. On point. Um, Jason Alexander. I thought was a miscast. You know, he was, I think he was trying to bring like LeFou energy. Like, you know, I'm so clumsy. Like everyone's always stepping on me. And it just was not translating for me. And I feel like he suffers, you know, from a, a Hollywood curse. When you're too good at your job. Mm-hmm. You'll always At be the that thing character. that made you famous, you'll always be that character. Yeah, but then he's in Shallow Hal, and he's... His Shallow Hal character is so similar to George Costanza. Like, did you see her toe? Like, it's like the same <laughs> stupid humor. Yeah, okay. That's why it was like the only role, in my opinion, that he was ever really good at after Seinfeld. Okay. Because he's so Costanza. So I'm like, why is George Costanza in France or wherever this movie takes place, you know? Yeah, yeah. I it just, made no sense. I just felt like he didn't... I don't know. It didn't work for me. There's some like it was very LeFou, but I also could have seen it being like Stanley Tucci. Like, oh, yeah. So that was a miss for me. I feel that Bernadette Peters was great. And I didn't know either of the characters who played the stepsisters, but, but I they thought were they were great. great. They yeah. were hysterical. They were hysterical. And Brandy, of course, was just a star, like so beautiful, not wearing an ounce of makeup, like couldn't have looked more stunning. And also, I didn't know who the um, prince was. And I guess he never got famous. N- he never got famous after. I think this was like his first film. It's in the introducing. credits. Introducing. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess it wasn't. No, know. but I thought he did a really good job. Yeah, I think he was okay. Yeah. He was cute. He was very made for TV. You know, I didn't think Whitney or Brandy or like Bernadette Peters were giving me made for TV energy. No, but then it was like there were commercial breaks in the middle. Yeah, you know, I was wondering why it kept going to black, but you told me afterwards that it was made for TV. Yeah, which also explains like the... Uh, the editing. The editing and also just like the set. Yeah. The set was a little wonky. Right. Because it was like a TV set. It wasn't like a major blockbuster film. Budget. Right. Yeah. I guess I just remembered, you know, watching it as a kid. And, you know, when you're a kid and this was like 20 years ago, you have lower expectations, obviously, and everything is so fantastical. But now it's like I've seen Beauty and the Beast live action. Like this budget, this special effects was mm-hmm. like so wonky. Mm-hmm. But it didn't take away from the specialness of watching, you know, Brandy and Whitney Houston on screen together. But the one thing I will say, and maybe not about this movie, but about the Cinderella story in general, is that I understand it's meant for kids. But as an adult, like I could only play dumb for so long. There were so many things that weren't adding up. Okay. So... The prince met Brandy in town. Right. And then she showed up in a dress and with her hair up and he didn't recognize her. Okay, maybe, you know, he only met her once, whatever. Her own stepsisters and stepmother <laughs> didn't know her. Like, that was so stupid and I could only... And I actually don't think kids are even that dumb. Like, I think the kids would be like, Mommy, well, they know her. They live with her. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. It's so stupid. Yeah. And there was just, like, so much, like, so many... Okay, another thing. Like, so many flaws in the storyline. So he goes to try on the glass slipper with everyone and he's at the house. Bernadette Peters and her two girls try it on. And then he goes, is there someone else in the house? How the fuck would he know that? Yeah. He's like a a, a dog sniffing. How does he know? (laughs) So there was just like so much like convenience for the storyline. Yeah. And of course, like I think everyone harps on the fact that like what size could she have been? Like I'm a size six and a half. I could fit into a seven. I could fit into a six. But... I think just, you know, playing devil's advocate, the whole dress and ensemble was made like the magic. So like the magic made it like so bespoke, like literally fit to a T. And so I think that like no one else has her exact foot. Yeah. It was as if it was like an imprint. Yeah. It was also as if the prince was like blind because yes, okay, you could go make everyone try on the shoe, but you you vaguely remember what she looks like. (laughs) So if you're like literally making a redhead try on shoes, like it's obviously not her. Yeah. Yeah. Like it obviously wasn't Bernadette Peters. She had red curly hair. Right. And also Bernadette Peters was with Jason Alexander the whole night. Right. Like the, The lack of logic was actually really bothering me. 
but I understand that it's for children. Yeah, but like I think that it's like rude to children to like let it's them. It's insulting <laughs> to their intelligence. I t- couldn't agree more. Yeah. But the soundtrack was really what I showed up for, and I really forgot like that I knew so many songs. Yeah. The prince is giving a ball. The prince is giving a ball. The prince is giving a ball. Stunning. Also, in my own little corner, in my own little chair, I can be whatever I want to be. All in all, it was like a fun little movie. It, it was, was a little stupid, but it was fun, and honestly... But that's on Cinderella. Like, that's on... Rogers. The storyline itself. Like, yeah. I agree. Like, I don't know if it's a story. And it's like a, it's a Disney story that keeps getting retold. And I feel like it's actually really flawed in its, <laughs> in its st- plot. Yeah. And maybe it's something we, we rework, rework. Right. And also, I think what I was realizing last night, like, the story is really only five scenes. And each of those scenes was being, like, really stretched out. Yes. It's like there's, you know, the home scene, the ball, the shoe trying on. And, like, that's it. Yeah. But the wedding was stunning. Stunning, um, and the dre- the dress that yes. that Whitney made both dresses like loved. It it was really like epic to see Whitney Houston on TV, and I think it just made me realize like I need to watch The Bodyguard because that's like the movie that you know was like her big acting debut. Yeah, and she's just like so stunning, and like with her dramatic you know sleeves and her hands like Cinderella. No, she was. You had the magic all along. Everything of the sort. Everything. And she looked sickening in that dress. Sickening. And I could just watch that scene like a million times of like the carriage ride. Like that song is so good. Yeah. Impossible things are happening every day. So all in all, it was a good, fun, cute choice. Mm -hmm. I think next week I would like to settle on something like a little more um, full. If you know what I mean. Yeah. But again, if you have recommendations. Recommendations, yes. Please let us know. I've so enjoyed this. And that's our show. And that's our week. That's our week. And now we have our interview with Norma Kamali. So enjoy that. Get some inspiration heading into the weekend. Perfect weekend energy. Like to soak yourself up, fill up your cup, and then your cup shell runneth over over the weekend. 100%. So enjoy. Thank you, Norma Kamali, for being here with us. It was really, really cool to talk to you. And we hope you guys enjoy the podcast. We'll just continue with the audio. But if you're looking for the video, we actually recorded with her on Zoom. And she looked super cute. So the video is going to be up on our YouTube. Yep. So check it out. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Morning Toast, The Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the past five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give us a video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us, The Morning Toast, and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. Hope you have an amazing weekend, you guys. Stay safe. If you're in the South, in the Texas area, stay safe and... We're thinking of you. Yes, we are. Have a great weekend, you guys. Bye. Welcome back to The Morning Toast. We are so excited to have fashion designer, icon, and now author, Norma Kamali on the show. Welcome, Norma. Thank you for being here. It's my pleasure. I love being here. We are such big fans. Yeah, of Jackie's your hoping you're going to notice that she's wearing one of the pants. I Okay. I love it so much. I have the matching pants too, but you know, my quarantine 15, it just We're not there it yet. It couldn't work today. But the color is great with your hair. Thank thank you so much. Your clothing is everything of the sort. That's a phrase that we love here at the Morning Toast, and so we are so excited to be talking to you and so excited that you have written a book called yes. I Am Invincible. Yes, I have, and um, I'm happy to say um, with my 75 years of experience, I decided to put a handbook together, and I wish I had a handbook when I was going through my 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and and so basically, it's really a, a handbook on how to get through the decades, what uh, what to expect. Obviously, uh, 30 is very significant, 20 is significant, 40, you know, you reach a plateau and you monetize where you're at, and then 50 is reinvention. And it and and it's good to have a sense of what that means. So not that you're going to avoid the experience because the experience is the transition that takes you to the next place, but... Um, but it, it helps you keep in mind that you're not the only one that's going through that and that it is part of the evolution of a woman to have those experiences. 
Now, I'm sure at many points in your career you've been ha had the opportunity to write a book if you wanted to because you've been so successful for so long. So why now and why this particular book? Uh, I, I think now because, like I said, purpose is really important. Um, even for you guys, you're young, but having a sense of what your purpose is in this lifetime helps you make decisions that are the right decisions for you instead of meandering along and letting life happen you'll decide on on important things in your life based on how you see your purpose for this lifetime so i recognized early on that my purpose was to serve women and to um share my experiences so this especially at this point where i have so much to share and i also talk about aging with power when i turned 20 um my mother said happy birthday it's all downhill from here and i started crying and i said i don't want to be as old as you are and i'm like no <laughs> and but we all go through that we all recognize that we're going to age when we're not teenagers anymore we're going to start aging and then everybody thinks of it in such a horrible way and fashion and the beauty media uh, keep telling us about anti-aging, anti-wrinkle, anti-everything that has to do with something that I quite frankly am very comfortable with saying I'm 75 and I am 75 and I've written a book. I have furniture line coming out. My scent is coming out in September. I have like a lot of things I'm working on and I'm very inspired. I wouldn't want to be 20 again. I wouldn't want to be 30, 40, 50 ever again. I did that. And so I'm experiencing this part of my life. And if you think about the three pillars of a healthy lifestyle, which are sleep, diet, and exercise, those are the tools that help you get through each of the decades and feel feel good about your age, feel good about your body, feel good about wanting to make love because you feel good in your body. Those are things you should think about every decade. But if you think about it at 75, you can, you can enjoy all kinds of things in life. So you worked on this book for quite a bit. And now that it's out, it's been out for like two weeks. What has the reception been like? Because I'm sure it's pretty personal. And then once you put it out there, having people read it, accept it, reject it, what has the feedback been and how has that been for you? Well, as you know, because you have a book and, and congrats, that's it. <laughs> yeah. um, as you know, it's like giving birth in a way. You know, you work on it. You, you really want it to be quality and you want to feel good about it. You want there to be an experience that people have with it. And it's wonderful when you actually see that what you work so hard on actually is getting that reception. And because the book is really written for, for a 20 year old, because that's when you get the most out of it. When you start and you think about all these things at 20, um, you get that much more out of the, the book and the experience. And then if when you're 30, you read it again. When you're 40, you read it again. Because as you get to that age, you then understand, oh, I see what's happening. I see now what I read when I was 20. Now it's real. Now it's a real thing that's happening. So I see the book having you know just hanging around your house and being there at times where you just pull it and say what the hell's going on like what the fuck i'm i'm feeling you know i'm feeling so shitty like life is passing me by why is that what's going on and um and then you get grounded just by okay i see yeah i still feel like life is passing me by however I understand that I need to reconcile some stuff at this point in my life. So I think the book, um, and, and I'm seeing as I talk to 20 year olds and 30 year olds in different age groups, I have a different conversation with each age group. And I'm, I'm so happy because 
I think if if you can take away one nugget of of information that can help you in making decisions about your life, I'm thrilled. I will feel like I did my job with this. Definitely. We're so excited to read the book. Most of our audience are young millennial women. So what advice would you have for them and for us women who are starting out? Finding not- our purposes. Yeah. What What would you say to us? So, so what age are you guys? I'm 28. I'm 26. Okay. So first of all, the 20s are about going out and being on the edge of a cliff all the time. Like check. <laughs> You got to talk to her. You got to talk to her, Norma. She needs to go to a cliff. No, but she is on a cliff. It's a different cliff than you're on. That's true. Thank you, Norma. (laughs) But, but this is when you, you know, you get objectified by some guy that you thought was, you know, the perfect guy for you or girl or whoever partner for you. Um, It's when you really make some embarrassing, horrific mistakes. It's when- Check. No, but you're supposed to. This is when you're supposed to. Um, And you just have to stay on the cliff, not go off the cliff. So that's the, that's the, (laughs) but but if you go off the cliff and get up again, that's even better. But the, the point being that you learn about yourself in your 20s. You learn about um, your relationship with um, with other people, with friends, with dates, with relationships, with your body, with your with your whole sense of self, and that is critical. And it's an important experience. So having a lot of new experiences in your 20s is really important. And unfortunately, with COVID, when you're in lockdown, it is the worst time. And I feel, I really feel like you have to make up for this, that you can't, yes, life just passed you by for a year. And and it, it sucks. And I, I, I feel that you, you have to really live life double time when this is over. And, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. There is, there is so much you have to experience before you hit 30 and, and don't miss out. So I think if you and your listeners really keep that in mind that you need to interact with each other a lot do less technology and more touching and interacting physically with each other. And I'm talking about hugging and girlfriends hanging all over each other and brushing each other's hair and touching boys that you don't even love, but you just, just having, no, I'm very serious, but really having that in the seventies, we did that. We just touched each other a lot. We were hugging and kissing each other a lot. We didn't have technology. It didn't interfere with that. And having, when you feel through your body, through your hand, when you touch a guy's face that you may not be in love with, but you just feel empathy or sympathetic, or you feel something for him and he feels your hand on his face, or even a girlfriend, or but that is so dynamic. You feel it, it affects how you feel about things and about this human being. And he or she feels some experience from that too. Don't give that up. You force that to happen because you're all missing out on that. And you're you're starting relationships on technology, ending them on technology, and to really appreciate sex, you need more simple touching. And you want to really learn more and more about appreciating sex and your body and what your body feels and what somebody else feels. And sometimes just having those interactions where it's not love, it's not, I gotta marry this person, but just sometimes the simple massage is as good as an orgasm if it's the right experience. So I recommend 
just saying, <laughs> for your for 20 to 30, when this is over, I don't want to like be responsible for orgies <laughs> and all kinds of happening. But but I do really I do ask you to experiment with having picnics in the park or like getting some wine and or grass or whatever it is you want to do and just like just hang out with each other and lie down and touch and sing and just be with each other without the technology Don't get a basket and say okay this is just about us touching and talking telling our most intimate secrets really digging deep into the emotion and the physical and i think you need to to do it big time especially after COVID. and i think once you start having those experiences they're very addictive and you're not one you, you won't want to give them up you really yeah. want, you want to do more of it definitely i think people are maxed out on technology this year yeah and looking forward to experiencing new sensations once we can right. once we can so i think that's really good advice i think that's wonderful advice i feel like very inspired Me to, too. to double down on living like once we can let's go to vegas i was ready to just like wash <laughs> just like call this year a wash like right just, but no we have to make up for this year i think that's great advice to give all of our listeners um, bef before we let you go, we wanted to get your temperature on, you know, the happenings in the fashion world. I feel like COVID has definitely been uh, put everyone on pause in their fashionable, you know, best. Attire, yes. Um, just really, you know, walking the earth in leggings <laughs> and sweatpants and our own merchandise, shopmorningtoast.com. So what what are you seeing now, like this loungewear? Does it, like, I feel like a lot of people don't like it. Are you into the loungewear, you know, the comfortable elegance? Well... You know, to me, everything I do has to be comfortable. If I make an evening gown, you could, you should be able to go swimming in it. I <laughs> like for me, it has to. I'm, I, I'm a big, very physical, active person. So nothing gets dry cleaned. I don't believe in, you know, it's like a pet that you keep feeding. Why should you have a piece of clothing that you have to keep dry cleaning? Like that jacket you have on, you can wash. Wow. Yes. So, so for me, it's, it's always about feeling good in clothes that they should make you happy. You should feel great in them. You should walk a certain way in them because you feel that way, but they also have to be super comfortable. So all of my clothes, no matter how extreme they are, they're not, they're not meant to be precious. So the, the comfort part of it is fine. But I think there's a good question about what's happening with fashion and the fashion industry. So all of us have an imprint in our brain that's never going to go away. It's the COVID imprint. We will remember this. You will be 95 and saying, remember when... And it will be a real memory and it will impact a lot of your decisions about a lot of things. And one of the things we've all experienced is either you're not wearing shoes, you're wearing slides, you're wearing sneakers. You're like, I visit my shoes. I love my shoes. I've collected shoes since the sixties and I take care of them and I wear them. And now I look at them and I say, girls, you're all gorgeous. I think you're fabulous, but I'm not that quick to put you on my feet because I am, my feet are in such good shape now because they haven't been squished in pointy shoes. They're like, yeah. they're really good. I mean, I could use a good pedicure, but they're in good shape. <laughs> they're, they're basically in good shape. And I feel so comfortable that I think shoes will be very different and the kinds of shoes we wear at different times are going to be very different and i think there's an evolution there the other evolution i feel is that in the 70s new york city was bankrupt it was a dangerous city people were leaving it by the droves uh people there weren't enough people who had money to pay taxes because they all left. The services in the city fell apart. There were strikes, there was violence, there was danger. And it sounds a little bit 
like, like something we might know right now, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And so as a result, the city became incredibly affordable for young creative types who said, you know what, we'll be fine. We'll deal with the violence. We'll deal with all of this. And there was a creative culture that started. And New York City in the 70s probably was one of the most creative times for the country and affected the world. And that's when the fashion industry, the American fashion industry really began where Halston, Calvin, Ralph, everybody started labels. And I had, I was in a big push in the beginning of my career too. And the creativity was extraordinary. And it was a time where nobody wanted to look anything like anybody else. The last thing in the world you would want is to have the same bracelet, the same dress, the same shoes, anything. But you would find these one-of-a-kind special pieces and you'd mix it up in your wardrobe. You would look, you would do everything to create sort of this piece of art that you were every time you dressed. And the more different you look from everyone, the, the more you were expressing yourself like a piece of art. So millennials don't really think that way. Millennials have a different mindset about fashion completely. So it's not going to be an easy, it, that's not a natural thing for you to do. But what I do think you guys will be doing is you will be thinking more about sustainability and the quality of what you're buying and the longevity of it in your wardrobe, especially as you get towards 30. And then I want to say one thing about 30. 30 is huge. 30 is one of the biggest transitions of all the decades. It's a hard one. It's a little bit of a slap in the face and an awakening. And you will shed some tears on your pillow. Oh, no. That's me soon. Yep. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. Because everybody is going through that, but everybody has a different timeline. So I'm, I, I found my soulmate at 65. And in 1970, when I was 25, an astrologer told me that I would meet my soulmate when I was 65, and I wanted to have her killed, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I too. I would that, too. like, I'm sorry, you cannot be right. And unfortunately, she was right. I met guys, I dated them, but, you know, as I look back, they weren't exactly, you know, people that you would want to spend your life with. Right. So everybody has a different timeline. I'm not saying your timeline is 65, but don't, don't let this chronological, mystical timeline that was developed century, I mean, millennials ago, be the timeline for you. It is not your milestone. It's somebody else's milestone. So you have to be sure that you attract the man or the woman or the person you deserve and nothing less than that. And so you have to work on yourself to make sure that you love yourself and you have self-respect so you draw that to you. And you have to be sure that it is that person. And you can have a good time in the process. It doesn't mean you can't meet people and do things. But don't don't be frightened by 31 when you all of a sudden are at, you're in the age group where you're aged out of the dating market because you're not. That's, you know, maybe on certain dating apps you are, but you're not. And yeah. so, but getting through, th the way you get through 30 will define how you get through all of 
these transitions for the rest of your life. I think that's really good advice, honestly. And I think that's something a lot of people needed to hear, myself included. So thank you so much. And really, thank you for being here. Congratulations on your book. Everyone go pick it up anywhere you get books. It's called I Am Invincible. Thank you for being here. It was honestly a huge honor to speak to you. And thank you guys for listening. And we will see you tomorrow. Bye.